The Beaux-Arts Photography Podcast with Alan and Natalie Brio. We are going to record a podcast now about the importance of having a home gallery and also about the ways that you can create your own home gallery. And we're going to start by talking about our own home gallery, how we did it, and then we'll continue by talking about how you can do it too, basically, and the different ways that you can make this a possibility in your own home. So this is part one, how we did it, and then we'll have part two, how you can do it too. So why a home gallery? <laughs> well, every artist needs a gallery. I mean, I think we all do our best to create the most beautiful photographs we can create. We work very hard at it. We make prints. And then what do we do with the prints, right? I mean, we can suddenly mat them and frame them and display them in our house. But that's, for a lot of people, not satisfying enough. We want to show them to other people. And some people are fortunate enough to have display space in their office. For example, doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, and, and other profession of that type have office space, very often their own office, where they can display their work and they can show it to their patients or to their clients. In waiting rooms, uh, conference rooms. Exactly. And then, of course, other artists have shows of their work. They do art shows or they do um, exhibitions in galleries or in museums. And that is where they basically show their work to the audience. But that leaves out a very large number of photographers who don't have office space or who have office space that's not, you know, leading to a show. Maybe their boss doesn't want them to hang out work or there is no space or it doesn't work for that, that don't have the time or don't want to do shows and who are left with no place to exhibit their work. And I thought, and this was the idea behind doing our own home gallery, that why not do it at home, right? And in our case, we bought a house with the purpose of having a specific room that we would use as a gallery. That was only designated for that one purpose. Right. That it wasn't going to be a dual framing space, matting space, and gallery setting. It was going to be a designated gallery space. Right. So that's how we did it. But, you know, I have no doubt that we are in that sense in a privileged situation. But then again, we do this for a living. So we have to have this gallery. It's a business asset. It's a place where we sell our work. But the fact remains that everybody has a house. Everybody has a home. Yes. And so potentially your home can become, at least in part, an, an area where you can display your work. And so let's talk about how we did it, and then we'll look at possibilities of doing it, even though you may not have a room that you can use just for gallery space. And let's talk about some of the challenges that we faced when we were doing it. You know, and let, let's talk about the process that led us to consider uh, having a home gallery, because it was an interesting process. It started when we were looking at model homes uh, a year ago, right? Yes, yes. And... Uh one of the first model homes that we looked at had a basement. And for Arizona, you know, there aren't many houses that have basements. So at first that appealed to us was, you know, that we could use the space downstairs, the basement area, as a gallery. And I think one of the homes, model homes, I think it was like 1,200 square feet that was downstairs? It was a huge basement. It was huge. And uh, it was one big room, which uh, we would have used as a gallery. And then 
a smaller room which I have could have like used to print the work, yes, and then there. a third room that we could have used to frame and mat the work. Um, and and we were really excited about that. We were really excited. And we even thought of just buying the house. I mean, we were very excited. And then, lo and behold, something happened, and that is that the salespeople for that particular you know, community and, and brand were not available. We, we could not get anybody to give us the time of day. No, because they were so busy. <laughs> they were busy as heck. <laughs> they just totally ignored us. And so what did we do? We drove on to the next builder. And right. there was another lady who, lo and behold, was all by herself. There was no customers. Well, and also the reason why the basement... Uh, caught our interest is because we had it in our mindset that we were absolutely not going to have a two-story house. Remember? It had to be a single level, and so that's why the basement appealed right. to us. We had nine blocks, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nevertheless, we did not have uh, the they time. They were permanent. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were, we got rid of them. But not without some, some doing. But, you know, they, the salespeople did not have enough time for us. So we moved on to the next builder. And lo and behold, there was a lady who had nothing to do. We were the only customers. And, and she showed us every model home that they had, which was like 15 of them. And, and this was the last house, the one the that we have one, now. And the last one, and none of them worked because none of them had an extra room. But she asked right. us specific questions like, well, what are you looking for? And we said, well, we have a home business, so we need some rooms for matting and for framing. Right. But we'd like to have a designated area as a gallery as a setting. Gallery, yeah. And so that's when she started thinking about the house that we have now. And she said, you know, I'm going to take you to one more. And it may be over the top, but it may, I think, mm -hmm. Fit your needs. And it was over the top. It was. We I were mean, laughing and giggling the whole entire because time. Because <laughs> it was massively spacious, you know, and, uh, you know, over three times the house that we had before. And it was difficult for me to think about living there. I mean, I told her, I said, this is the size of a small hotel in France. Yes. And she said, oh, it could be, but, you know, it's just fine for you. And, of course, you keep thinking, well, of course it's fine for me because it's good for them if I buy it, right? right. But the fact is that it, it offered something that the other one did not offer. It offered a room for a home gallery that was on the main floor. Yes. You did not have to go into the basement. And we started thinking that buying art in a basement may not be the best idea in the world. Yeah, going downstairs, right. underground. It was going to be dark. And it's, you know, you think of basement where you're not really as, as a gallery, you know. Right. You know, and then this gallery had nice windows all around, very beautiful light. Uh, it worked. Yes. And so we decided to buy this house instead of the other one. And, and I think we did the right Lots thing. Lots of windows. Lots of windows. It's very important when you have a gallery that you have great lighting. Lots of daylight right. coming in. You, you have to have lots of lighting. And so during the day, there is natural lighting. There is windows on three sides. And then the fourth side is a, 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 very, a double opening. There's no door. And then at night, we've put track lighting. Yes, we that was one of the very first things we did. And I always thought that track lighting was expensive, but it's not. No. You can buy your track light system for $100, and then you can put any sort of light bulb you want, including well, color we calibrated. Yeah, we, we went to Home Depot. We found everything that we needed just right yeah. there at Home Depot. And then put color calibrated lamps in it, and you're fine. It, you know, there is all these conceptions. You know, and we talk about mental blocks. That's one of them. You know, track lighting is expensive. No, track lighting is actually less expensive than a fan, you know, than a ceiling fan, right? Yes. You know, we spent about $100 on it, and you can buy your ceiling fan for $300 real quick, right? So, uh, you know, but lighting is very important. 
and uh, also the kind of furniture that you're going to put in your gallery. That right? took us a long time to figure out. That did. It, it was yeah. a struggle. Because in the beginning, I considered a home gallery to be a gallery. And I thought, what do you put in a gallery? And I thought, you put a bench. Right. Yeah, right so, in the center of right the room, the center. where you yeah. can just sit and admire and admire the artwork. The, the artwork on so the I bought a five hundred dollar bench, the oh, most yes. expensive I could find, beautiful, and I put it in the middle. And uh, we had people coming through, and they would not even sit on the bench. No, they didn't sit on it at all. And they just walk around the bench and didn't go out. And I was like, <laughs> this is not working. They are they supposed were, to they were stay. They were there five minutes. Yeah, they, five minutes they are gone, and they wanted to know what's next. And there was nothing next. That's the gallery. You're supposed to stay in it. Go back there. You know, right. And you know, we could not do that. So you know, that did not work. So we thought about it, and we thought, you know, maybe the idea of the bench is just not right. Yes. And so we took the bench and we put it into the bedroom where it fits right in, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and we went back to the drawing board and we started thinking that we needed some real furniture, right? Yeah. And also the concept of uh, the type of furniture that we needed. We started talking about, hey, we need to bring, you know, the DVDs, the CDs. We need to bring all the products into the gallery. And, you right. know, it's a store, you know, and start right. seeing it from a totally different perspective. And that was the first breakthrough was to understand that it is a gallery because it's showcasing my work, but it's really a store. So we brought the portfolios. I had right. your Navajo land portfolio and your most recent portfolio, Kiwana, uh, which is all about color photography, you know. And, which is very beautiful. It's a larger portfolio than the Navajo land. But I always had those in boxes, and they were never on display. So the gallery provided an excellent way to display these beautiful portfolios. Yeah, because if it's a store, then you're going to have to have products. So it's a completely different angle than we, what we had at first. At first, I hung basically three photographs on the walls, like a gallery, I, I thought, you know, just a few very big pieces, and that's it. But the problem is that it, it doesn't give enough to look at. And so people would look at number one, number two, number three, and they'd be gone. Yes. Because not everybody wants a big photograph, you know, at, at, at the tune of thousands of dollars. A lot of people are interested in something smaller. And also, people want to, to go through the experience of browsing, Yes. And, and that's a very important thing. That's because where the bins came into play. That's when we started thinking, how can we browse? And we started thinking, well, we have to have bins with prints. Well, at art shows, that's what I do. I put them out. Right. So we started using the same bins that we used at art shows. And these are aluminum with black cloth. And soon enough, we realized that we did not fit into a home environment. I mean, we have wood furniture. We have wooden floors. We have, you know, a beautiful home. And these bins did not fit in. So I bought wooden bins, you know, that are more furniture grade. And we started with one. And then soon enough, we had two and three and four, right? Right. And, and that added a lot because now we had more product. So we had more things for the customers and the visitors to look at. And then we bought... Uh Folding easels. That right, that was the second thing. Yeah. So we bought those. And we bought a bunch of them because we, we bought, I think, 20 of them. I think and so. these are all wooden easels. These are not the cheap variety. These are, made, I think it's Mabef. They are made in Italy. They are furniture grade. And uh, we use them in the gallery, and then we also use them around the house when we have a show, right? So yeah. we have about 20 of them, and each of them can have a light on it, so we can clip we the light on it and use it to light up the artwork. Right. Uh, lighting is very, very important. Um, so we, we did all of that, and then we looked around and we thought, well, that's not enough. We, we need real furniture, 
right? So we started by buying a table. We, we, we went to Eaton Allen because we wanted some very nice furniture. And we started by buying a folding table that has three leaves. Yes. And that table can be extended depending on how much you want to show on it. So if you want it to show just a little bit, you can use one of the leaves. And if you want to show as much, you can use all three leaves, right? Um, and that was nice because now we could put the portfolios there. Because yeah. otherwise there was nowhere to put the portfolio. I'm not sure the specific name for that table, you know. But drop leaf. Drop leaf. Drop leaf table. Yes. And there's three leaves. And it's very practical. Very practical. And very classy, but at the same time, it doesn't take over because we did not want furniture that would be the center of interest. The center of the interest artwork. has to be the photographs. Yes. So we wanted furniture that was beautiful, very classy, high quality, but still did not take over. You know, that is, we don't want people to compliment us for the furniture. <laughs> right? right. We want them to compliment us for the for the photograph of the artwork. So the table allowed us to show the portfolios, but still it did not work in, uh, totally. And the second thing we bought was a dresser, right? Yeah, at the very end of the room we put that, and not it was mainly so that I could write receipts on because I have to have something to write receipts on. But also we could use the the drawer uh, the cabinets underneath to store. Right. You know, additional books. And then the uh, drawers to put your receipt book and your calculator and all of that. Drawer, that is, yes. if you're going to have a store, then a store needs a receipt book. It needs a calculator to calculate the total. Um, it needs a machine for the credit cards. So all of this isn't going to be laid out on the table. I didn't want it in view. Right. So we needed a dresser or a piece of furniture, a buffet, whatever we want it's to like call it. It's like a tea buffet. Right. So that we could put all of these things in it. So that was the second thing. Um, and, and that really helped because now we had the makeup of the store. We had a place to store our supplies and then store the inventory. Right. You know? And then we started having a couple of people come to the gallery and they would stay for 45 minutes to an hour, but we were standing the whole entire time. And I remember how exhausted I was. Who wants to stand for 45 oh, minutes minute in the and middle we were, of a room? Right? I know. So we went back to Eaton Allen. And what did we do? We bought a, a table and we, three chairs. Yeah, we need to sit down. Right. I mean, it's exhausting. Exactly. So, so now... We had to buy comfortable chairs. Right. That was the third trip to, to the furniture it store. Was, it and was. now, and we bought one table, a small coffee table, because, you know... That we could put the book And then three comfortable chairs so that we can sit down and be, you know, comfortable, comfortable you know. Yes. And, and, and that really made a big difference. That, that made a huge difference. It did. Yeah. And in terms of when I show the portfolio to uh, the customers that come to the gallery, it's great. They are able to sit down in a comfortable chair, and I stand, and I, you know, show the perf all the images in the portfolio, the matted uh, photographs. Right. And that way they can sit down, relax, they can have something to drink, mm -hmm. there's a little table there, and they can just enjoy the photographs. It's enjoyable. It's, it's a place where you want to stay. Exactly. And then after that, I, I looked at, at the room and I thought, you know, we need to display even more artwork because there is one side that had just a table and nothing else. And I, and I remembered seeing those shelves, you know, at the furniture store. And I said, you know, if we had three of these shelves, we could put them under the window and would have more display area. Right. And they were uh, tall enough where they wouldn't cover the windows. Right. They were just the right know, size. They were just yeah. the right height. And everything. So we went back to the store fourth time. Oh, goodness. And yes. now we ordered three more shelves, right? Yes. Uh, and none of that is cheap. You know, this is expensive furniture. But uh, it achieved another goal. It allowed us to have more inventory in the gallery yes. and then display more artwork, which is the whole idea. And, and that worked. And, and then we looked at the hallway and 
I said, you know, it'd be nice if we could hang photographs in the hallway without having to use a, a hanging hook. Nails. Uh, Nails. Hooks. Because if somebody comes and wants a piece of artwork, you don't always want to have that empty space on the wall, you know, and, 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 and have this nail or this hook on the wall. And, and I remember that the furniture store, you know, these shelves that they had, you know. Very beautiful Very shelves. beautiful and designed to, to put a frame on and lean it against the wall. Yes. And we went back to the store a fifth time and we bought free shelves. And they have like little grooves. They have little grooves. Right? And so, you know, you, you can position the photograph how far you want it to lean forward or backward. So, you know, depending on how large or small the piece right. is, it's, they're wonderful. And in terms of salesmanship, it's great because when a piece is leaning on a shelf like that, these are all shelves, that's what they are called, it doesn't look like it's there to stay. It looks like it's there to be moved in and out. Yes. And so, you know, it's no big deal to take it down from the shelf and show it to somebody closer. And it's no big deal to replace it with something else because there's no official hanging, you know, system. Right. It's there. It's just temporary. Well, it's easier for me to show how I seal the back with the acid-free right. paper, right. the label that's on the back, you know, the hook. It's easier, actually, for me to take it off the shelf than it is to try to find that hook again when I'm trying to hang it exactly. back up on the wall and things can get a little awkward. And, and so we got three of these shelves and I put one above the dresser and you can see it on the photographs Yes. Um, to lay some of the pieces in the back of the gallery. We put one near the entrance, so just outside of the gallery, right next to the door of the entrance. There's no door, the entryway. And then we put another one in the hallway down from the gallery. And... Uh, that achieved another thing, and, and that is it turned the hallway, that's basically the entrance to the house, into part of the gallery. So it extended the gallery outside of the gallery room itself. Yes, and we had lots of wall space right. there. And we, we, we have no shortage of wall space. Yeah. Uh, that space right. as well. Right. So, so we maximized everything, and we provided a place where people can walk around and see a lot of artwork. And, and so, you know, we became best friends with the people at the furniture store. Uh, now they know us by, uh, on a first-name basis. They even recognize the car. Yes. <laughs> we drive there and they yes. know we're coming because they see the car. And, uh, but, you know, they helped us a lot. And you don't want to be cheap and think that you are going to save money by not furnishing it properly because the furnishing is really an investment. And it's one thing that's going to make a difference when uh, you have uh, visitors because it's more pleasant and it's more appropriate. It's what you need. And what I have found now since we have the chairs and everything that it's not uncommon for people to stay there two hours visiting the gallery. Just in that one room, they'll stay in the gallery a couple of hours. We have great conversations. They look at the artwork. They ask questions. They see different matting and framing styles that I do, which aren't on the website. And we talk about, you know, those different types of framing and matting techniques. And they make a I choice. Do. And, yes. you know, what, what an achievement. We went from five minutes to two hours yes. because of the way that we organize the space. That is, the space itself isn't any larger or smaller. We just changed how people go through the space. And it was kind of difficult to figure it all out because we didn't have a model to look no. at. We had to figure out... Well, we don't know anybody that has a home gallery. No. We're the only ones. No. I mean, not the only ones in the world, but we have no friends that have one. No. We have I mean, friends who have real galleries, but uh, they don't have home galleries. No. Yeah. No. So. And uh, this way, it's the home gallery works great because, you know, we're both home working mm -hmm. and when i have appointments you know we're both there when somebody mm -hmm. comes to visit the gallery but you know one of us isn't across town working in another right. space and uh because it just 
would not work for us. Well, we, once if you have, and I know it's a dream for many photographers, if you have your own gallery, not in your home, but outside in a retail environment, let's say in a, in a shopping mall or in a gallery area, like in Scottsdale, you know, there is a, a lot of galleries. The minute you have your own gallery, a number of things happen that are not related to you making money or selling your work. The first one is you have to be in the gallery all the time. Yes, somebody it, does. Yeah, if it's open from 9 to 5, you have to be physically present from 9 to 5. Unless you hire an employee. Right, but if you hire an employee, your cars go up. Right. The second thing that happens is this gallery is going to take a lot of money to keep alive because you're going to have to pay rent, you're going to have to pay utilities, you're going to have to pay maybe security, uh, you're going to have to pay maybe sewer, whatever, I mean, everything that the city wants. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we have a friend who has a gallery in Scottsdale, which is a prime location for galleries in the U.S. I mean, Scottsdale is a very big art market. And he's tried for years to get us to rent the space and, next and to And how much does he spend a year on his gallery? Uh, a month, sorry, not a year, but a year. Uh, I was thinking it was about 2000 a month. Yeah, so out of a year, it's 24000 right? So, you know, it's significant. You have to make $24,000 just to cover the cost and of that gallery. The, and and he's a slave to it. He has to be there eight hours a day. Yeah, right? he and his wife alternate, yeah. but somebody has to be yeah. there. And also, um, during the summer months in Phoenix, they're just are not tourists walking around visiting those galleries so that you know that for three four months of the year you're not going to have anybody really walking in he's really making his income six months out of 12 which is even harder so you know i know that a lot of photographers dream of having their own gallery but that's more an ego trip than a realistic business uh you know, decision or business idea because a gallery is very expensive. It's going to take a lot of your time. And guess what? That's time that you're taking away from photographing, from processing, from doing all sorts of things. Fulfilling I mean, orders. You, you can do certain things in a gallery. You can probably color correct your photographs, but, you know, you can't photograph in the field, for example. You know, you can't fulfill orders. I mean, you, you, there's, there's so much that you can do but there's also so much that you cannot do right and as a business we declare this space as right well exactly when you compare that to a home gallery a home gallery has enormous advantages first of all you don't pay any more for it than you would pay for your own home yes you know uh, in our case our home is paid for so we have no mortgage it's just utilities and it doesn't cost us any more electricity to have a home gallery or not you know Um, we don't have to leave home so we are there. We can do all the work that we normally do. If we have a customer or a client or visitor, we can help them in a gallery or we can just enjoy it by themselves. That's true. You know, And it's open 24 hours a day. But it doesn't matter if somebody wants to come at 6 p.m., so be it. We don't have open and close hours. We just work by appointment. You know? Right. Um, we work around their schedule yeah. and our schedule. So, so it's, uh, there's many, many adventures. And uh, you know, in the, the second part of this podcast is to think about ways that you can have your own home gallery even though you may not have a dedicated room. So let's explore some of the ways that you can do that. Right? The first one, obviously, is that you have an empty room. If you have an empty room, you do exactly what we've done. If you don't have an empty room, you have to think about ways that you can find space, either temporary or permanent. And the first thing is that most people have a guest bedroom. And, you know, maybe one of the sacrifices that you have to make as a photographer is that the guest bedroom will become your gallery. And maybe there won't be any more guest bedroom, right? That's one way. And if you have guests, maybe you just move the gallery into a guest bedroom for a temporary basis, or maybe there's no more guest, you know, bedroom. That's, uh, that's one of the sacrifices. You know, how bad is it? Well, it might affect your social life a little bit. But on the other hand, you don't have to pay $24,000 a year to have a gallery in Scottsdale, right? 
Right. You know, so that, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is a lot of people, uh, you know, when their children move out of their house, find themselves with an extra room. Yes. That their son or their daughter, or maybe they have several rooms. And, that, and when that happens, when the ch- children move out, that's the perfect time to take that room that was used as a bedroom and turn it into a home gallery. Definitely. That, I think, is really, you know, the uh, ideal time. Um, and then the third option, if none of that works, is to turn part of your home into a temporary home gallery. Not so much a permanent gallery, but a temporary home gallery. That is, maybe take you know, whatever is on your living room walls and hang your work and make it a gallery for maybe a weekend. An and open house. And then have an open house. Yes. And if that doesn't work, and again, that, I think most people can do that, but let's say if that doesn't work at all, and you, you can do it in your garden. Yes, on easels. On easels. Display right. the artwork on easels. And of course, you'll have to choose a time that's pleasant as far as the weather. You know, it cannot rain. And of course, if you live in a cold climate, it cannot be freezing. And if you live in a hot climate, it cannot be scorching hot. Like we would not have a show in outdoor in Phoenix in July because right. people would fall down from heat exhaustion. <laughs> right? And if I was in Alaska, we don't have a show in December. Right. Um, but all of that put aside, you know, provided that you plan carefully for the weather, if you have a yard and you ha- all you need is a bunch of easels and you can have an outdoor show. And we've had students do that and do very, very well. Well, we had one uh, workshop participant that did the was planning on doing the show in the gallery and he had the easels placed in his wife's flower beds because she loves to do flowers and then he put his artwork on and... He bought a case of wine mm-hmm. and um, had the easels in the garden, but as a backup, because he, you know, he wanted to have a backup plan in case it rained. He rented a U-Haul, and what he did with that U-Haul is he removed some of the furniture in the house so that if it did rain, right. the furniture and everything was out of, uh, I think, one large room and just sitting in the U-Haul, and that was the backup, just mm-hmm. renting that just in case it rained. Uh, I think he made uh, $7,000 in that one evening. In, in a few hours, yeah. In a few hours. Yeah. And then uh, they had so much fun. They were asking him the following year, well, when's the next one going to be, you know? So this is, uh, this is great news. This is news that you want to hear. And so doing this on a yearly basis, several couple of times of year, you know, right before, uh, right after Thanksgiving would be a great time to do an open house for the holiday shopping. You know, that would be a great time to do an open house. Yeah, and so, you know, when there is a will, there is a way. If you don't have a permanent room, maybe you can use an empty room that your children left. Or maybe you can use your living room on a temporary basis. Or you can use your yard. And, you know, I think that one of these is bound to work for just with anybody. I have also had uh, some of my girlfriends, when I would do some of the art shows, they would get together, and if one of them had a larger house or an area where they could display the artwork, they would go to their girlfriend's house. So maybe you have a friend that would be willing to let you use their facilities, whatever that may be. It could be an office building, a conference room, uh, you know, and that they're willing to let you use that for, right. you know, the weekend or Saturday well, if, afternoon. Exactly. If nothing works in your own home, I mean, you don't have a, a guest bedroom, you don't have a spare room, you don't have the living room, you can't use the yard for whatever reason, maybe you don't have a yard. 
um, you can always rent space. And, you know, like us, we can use the country club, we can use the facilities at the country club to put together a show, right? right. Um, and if you don't belong into a country club, you can probably rent hotel space. You know, most hotels have conference rooms and you could rent that space. It's usually not that expensive, a few hundred dollars a day and have your show there. The nice thing with a hotel is they can take care of the drinks and even the food. Yes, they take care they of it. They can everything. cater to it. So, you know, there's always a, a solution. If your goal is to have a show, there's no reason why you can't have it. And, you know, you just have to be ready to do the necessary work and spend a little bit of money. But it's not expensive. It's really a show is not an expensive proposition as far as renting the space. The expense is more at the level of putting together the necessary amount of frame pieces. That can be quite expensive. But, you know, you would do it anyway. Most photographers have the work laying around. We just don't know what to do with it. Yes. You know, I mean, when I did my first show, I didn't have to do anything. I just gathered all the photographs that I had cranked out over the years and that we are just lining, you know, the closet, basically, <laughs> you know. So, you know, these are just some of the solutions that you can use to put together a show of your work, having a home gallery. And if nothing works, then renting space in a hotel. And uh, I strongly encourage you to do it. And of course, you will have to market your show, whether it's your home gallery or whether it's an occasional show once or twice a year. You'll have to market it using all the marketing techniques that I talk about in the marketing DVD. You can't just expect people to show it because you have a show. You have to market it. You have to announce it. You have to promote it. You have to invite You them. have to invite people personally. I mean, yes. you have to do everything that I talk about in the DVD, but you're doing it with... The idea of having your own show, you're totally in control of it because it's in your own home, or at worst, you've rented a space in a hotel, but you're in charge of the rental, and you have total control over it, and you can make a very significant amount of sales you can. that way. And don't forget yeah. to have them RSVP. I mean, that's very important. Exactly. You need to know yeah. how many people are going to show up, whether it's you know 10 people or 40 people, because you don't want to be caught... You, know. you don't want to run out of wine well, <laughs> or cheese. Yeah. No, but I mean, I it's mean, true. You want to plan. If you have to plan for 10 people, that's not the same as planning for 50. Right? Yeah, but yeah. even as far as seating arrangements where they can sit down and look at the work and enjoy the work, you want to make sure Absolutely. that everybody is comfortable. Yeah. And, and, and if I, it's a small space, you know, let's say in a living room, in a small house, I wouldn't hesitate to put a maximum number of people, you know, limited to 25 people. Yes. And, and you sign up 25 people. And, and if there is more, you say, well, I'm sorry, you don't have to come the next time. And you can organize a second show. Because limiting the number of people makes the event more exclusive. Yes. And art is all about exclusivity. So you really cater to something that people want when they buy art. You know, uh, Don't get 100 people in your house if you can't fit more than 20. It's going to be a disaster. They're going to fight and nobody's going to see anything. You're, you're better off limiting the number of people and having another show a couple of days later than having too many people at once. Right. Uh, because you need to give attention to everybody. You can't. Uh, this is not uh, a football game. You know, <laughs> this is an art show. And uh, don't, don't get more people in there than you can possibly accommodate. You know, so be realistic. You know, if you don't know how many people you can accommodate, just bring some of your friends over and see how, how many you can fit in. Exactly. You know? Do a dry run. <laughs> well, and we did the dry run with our home gallery by having our neighbors. Yeah. They wanted to come look at the house after we moved right, in right. and see what we had done to it. And it was perfect because we were getting their feedback mm -hmm. from the home gallery, how long they stayed there, what they thought right, of it, right. their reactions to it. So, you know, this, this is a good thing. You have to have an idea of how many people you can accommodate. 
customer that. And it's directly related to size of your home. It is. Uh, not necessarily just the gallery, but where people can go. You know, here we could easily accommodate 100 people because we've got massive amounts of space. But, you know, where we were before, I would have been realistic at 25, you know. Right. Um, no, because I there agree. was nowhere for them to go. Well, in and if people are not comfortable and they don't know where to go, they'll leave. It's that simple. Exactly. You know, most people in their normal mind aren't going to hang out in a place that doesn't feel right. right. They, all, they all have a drink and go. Well, what's nice um, about Arizona is that we have large uh, areas that are outdoor, what we call right. outdoor living space. Right. And even in our house here, we have an inner courtyard, our whole you know, backyard, we have pavers. I mean, it's huge. And so there's a lot of space for people to walk through and sit down yeah. and, and have conversations and look right. at the beautiful artwork. I mean, because they can... There'll be artwork in the home gallery, but then we're going to be displaying it right, throughout right. on easels. Right. And so that there's a lot of space. Yeah, so you have to, to adjust to the environment that you live in. You know, if you live in a, in a place like we do, where you can exhibit outside, then that's great. You know, and if you do it at night, you have to have lighting. Um, but, you know, whichever way you do it, you know, it's... Uh, it's something that I think we strongly, strongly recommend. Uh, and a lot of people who are thinking, how can I show my work? I think that that's one of the best answers you're going to get. You know, if you think about an art show, most art shows today, you're going to have to spend anywhere from 100 to $500 just in fees. And that doesn't mean that you don't have any more expenses. You have to drive there. You have to eat. You have to stay in a hotel. You can be in for a grand of expenses doing a show very quickly. Oh, definitely. And, you know, spend $1,000 on a home show, I think you would have to buy a lot of wine, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's probably not going to cost you more than a few hundred dollars. But also, you're not depending on the promoter. You're taking right. charge of your destiny. Yeah. You are advertising it. You're inviting people. You're following up on it. You're sending reminders. Mm -hmm. Hey, don't forget, in two days or mm -hmm. two, two, in two evenings, you know, right. you know, see you there. Uh, phone calls. I mean, you are the one that is in totally charge of this event. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not depending on somebody else to promote it in a newspaper or flyer or so, you know. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. It we is. do this we want, because we want to be in charge of our own destiny. Exactly. And that's one of the best ways that you can make it happen. I mean, that's a very, very, very efficient way of taking control of, you know, your, your future in a way, you know. And you can put it on your resume. Yeah, I mean, it's a show. Right. People think that they can only put on their resume things that have been given to them by other people. Well, that would make my resume extremely short. Most of what's on my resume is things that I did on my own. You know, I mean, you know, it's very important to understand that achievement is achievement. It doesn't matter if you did it yourself or if somebody else invited you. I think that an achievement is higher if you did it yourself. Yes. You know, and home, home gallery is listed on my resume. And if you have a home gallery, if you have a home show, you need to list it on your resume. It's an achievement. It is. You know? And if you have a friend that can help you out or a significant other, this is very important yeah. because this is your night. You yeah. are in the spotlight yeah. Yeah. and you need to be able to be free to mingle with everybody, to talk to everybody, to show them your, your newest work. Mm -hmm. And then you have somebody like me that can oversee the logistics, making sure that everybody's having a good time. Uh, so if you can have somebody that can help you where, you know, you're focusing on your mm. artwork and you're telling people about your artwork and you're making sales, 
um, you know, it could be a friend, it could be a significant other, um, mm -hmm. another artist, uh, you know, they're willing to help you out. Yeah, you definitely you know? don't want to do this yourself. Actually, I'd, I'd go as far as to say that you can't do this yourself. You have right. to have somebody to help you, at least one person, because your job as the artist is to talk to your clients. It's not to serve wine. It's not to worry about the sales and writing the receipts and all of that. It's just to talk. So you have to have somebody to help you and preferably more than one person if there's a large group. Right. Because otherwise, things are going to slip through your fingers. I mean, I did a show, a one evening show uh, with, uh, for the alumni of Northern Arizona University. And I was doing everything. I hung the show. I talked to people. I wrote the receipts and I wrapped the work. And I'll tell you, I was talking to somebody while writing a receipt with one hand and wrapping with the other. Because and they I, want to talk yeah. to the artist. And I, I made three to $5,000 in one evening, but I earned every one of these dollars because I was extremely wise. I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody more than so much, right? I would talk five minutes at the most and move on to the next person. And I had it in my mind, you know, who was thinking about what and it was too much i mean i could do it once and i wouldn't do it anymore right yeah, because it's too much work you know you're you know because the bigger the purchase the more you have to think about it and so you have somebody thinking about buying this one thousand dollar piece while this person is you know wants this forty dollar thing right now you know and i mean it's too much work you you, you really have to be realistic you know um you, you can you do it yeah can you do it long no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't run yourself into the ground and then you get discouraged, you get fed up with it and you don't do it anymore. You've got to keep it logical and uh, got to keep it fun. Yes. So this sums it up for a home gallery. Uh, we've covered uh, quite a bit of ground and definitely it is something that Natalie and I encourage you to do. And I think something that will be not only fun, but also rewarding and will probably uh, be something that you want to do it again once you've tried it. I agree.